Hello, and welcome to today's Space Brief. Today, we'll be talking about a huge solar flare that lit up the night sky over the weekend. We'll also discuss the latest in national security launches that have taken place, both from the United States as well as Russia. And finally, we'll talk about the latest in SLS news and the continuing problems that it seems to be seeing. All this, all this and more, please stick around. Hello and welcome to the Space Briefing. I'm your host, Bryant A.M. Baker. In this show, we'll be counting down the top five most important things that have been happening in the world of space. I sincerely hope that this is interesting and useful to you. And with that, let's jump right into it. The first thing I wanted to talk to you about today is a launch that took place from Vandenberg Space Force Base over the weekend. The National Reconnaissance Office, or NRO, successfully launched the NROL-85 mission aboard a reflown SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket from Space Launch Complex 4E, located at Vandenberg Space Force Base in California yesterday at 6.13 a.m. Pacific Time. The Falcon 9 reusable rocket booster returned safely to landing zone 4 after delivering the national security payload to orbit. NROL-85 is NRO's second launch this year, and the first time NRO has reused a rocket booster previously launched into space. NROL-85 is NRO's fourth launch from a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket and the second Falcon 9 launch procured through the National Security Space Launch Contract, or NSSL. NSSL is a government launch acquisition program which is aimed at ensuring continued access to space for national security missions, and is overseen and operated through U.S. Space Force's Space Systems Command, or SSC, which is headquartered at Los Angeles Air Force Base in California. Next, let's talk about what's been happening with the sun. The sun unleashed a major solar flare over the Easter holiday weekend, sparking radio blackouts and setting the stage for more solar storms to come. The Easter solar flare peaked late Saturday at 11.34 p.m. Eastern Time and was followed minutes later by a massive sun eruption known as a coronal mass injection, or CME according to the U.S. Space Weather Prediction Center, or SWPC, which is overseen by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. The flare registered as an X1.1 class sunstorm and lasted about 34 minutes. X-class solar flares are the strongest type of storms on the sun. Uh, in an update, the U.S. Space Weather Prediction Center wrote that solar activity is expected to be active over the next week as these sunspots migrate across the visible disk. The sun is currently in an increasingly active phase of its 11-year solar weather cycle. The current cycle, known as Solar Cycle 25, began in 2019. Next, let's turn our attentions over to the, U to the UK. 
The number of UK space jobs continued to grow in 2020 despite the global impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic, according to new figures released today. The figures come from the Size and Health of the UK Space Industry 2021 survey, which was conducted by Bryce Tech on behalf of the UK Space Agency. Employment in the UK space sector hit 46,995 in 2020, up from 44,040 in 2019, which is an increase of 2,955 jobs or a 6.7% increase. Sector income increased in nominal terms from 16.4 billion pounds to 16.5 billion pounds, with exports counting for around a third or around 32% of this total. Space manufacturing, including satellites, spacecraft, launch vehicles, and scientific instruments grew the most in real terms, up by 23 million pounds to 2.27 billion pounds. The investment in research and development saw a 19% boost to 836 million pounds. Now, beyond this, spaceports in Scotland, Wales, and England are expected to generate more jobs in the coming years, alongside the growth of regional space clusters, international investment, and emerging technologies, such as in-space manufacturing and debris removal, supported by the National Space Strategy there. Dr. Paul Bate, who is the CEO of the UK Space Agency, said, quote, The U.S. space sector has shown remarkable resilience in the face of challenges presented by the pandemic, thanks to the incredible efforts of all those within it, and its future, and its future is a bright and ambitious one. Next, let's turn our attentions to Russia, who continue to be a part of the news. A new Russian spy satellite launched April 7th aboard a Soyuz rocket, likely embarked on a mission to identify and locate foreign military forces by tracking their radio transmissions. The Russian Defense Ministry announced the launch April 7th, and U.S. military tracking data later confirmed the mission placed a single payload into orbit. A Soyuz 2.1B rocket launched the classified satellite into space from the Plesetsk Cosmodrome, a military-operated spaceport near in far northern Russia. Russia defense officials declared the mission a success, and U.S. military radars detected the satellite in an orbit between 148 miles and 559 miles. The new satellite was designated Cosmos 2554, keeping with the Russian naming scheme for military spacecraft. Since the April 7 launch, the spacecraft has adjusted its orbit to reach a circular path about 560 miles above the Earth. Finally, let's turn our attention to NASA and the ongoing saga with SLS. NASA has decided to roll its Artemis 1 moon rocket off the launch pad and back to a processing facility to fix some issues revealed by a recent wet dress rehearsal test. The wet dress rehearsal began on April 1st on pad 39B at NASA's Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Things were supposed to wrap up about 48 hours later with the loading of liquid hydrogen and liquid oxygen propellants into the SLS and the execution of several simulated launch countdowns. 
Artemis 1 team members ran into several problems that, that delayed those steps. However, this decision to shut down was ultimately made to accommodate the private AX-1 astronaut mission, which launched atop a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket on April 8th from KSC's Pad 39A. The wet dress got going again on April 12th in a modified format after discovering a faulty valve on the mobile launch tower supporting the Artemis 1 stack, the team decided to fuel up just the SLS core stage, not its upper stage as well. Technicians began fueling the core stage on April 14th as planned, but they stopped after noticing that liquid hydrogen was leaking from one of the umbilical lines running from the mobile launch tower to the SLS. The team decided to roll the Artemis 1 stack off 39B and back to KSC's cavernous vehicle assembly building to replace the faulty valve and address the leaky umbilical. NASA officials wrote in an update on Saturday that, quote, during that time, the agency also will review schedules and options to demonstrate propellant loading operations ahead of launch. And that is our that is our space briefing for today. I hope that this has been useful to you. We would love to receive feedback from you. Are there stories that should have been on our list? Is there something that you wish that you had heard more about? Or something that you'd like to hear less about? Please let us know. And we'll see you again next time.